Hello and welcome to Wake Up Take a Minute with Andrea Holman. I hope you are ready to have a wonderful time today learning about my ministry and others who are encouraging you to grow and show love. In a world of noise, it's hard to know who to listen to and who to tune out. Thank you for your bold choice today listening to Wake Up Take a Minute with me, your host, Andrea Holman. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to me and where you are at in the world. I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is Andrea Holman with Wake Up Take a Minute podcast, and I am so excited today to be sharing with you Sonia Jackson-Miles, who is so sweet and near and dear to me. Last week, we talked a lot about her history in corporate America. We talked about um, her life, her journey, and a little bit about her college and her childhood. She opened up to us and shared with us a little bit about her experiences in bullying in corporate and in her personal life, and, and some different things that helped lead her down the path path of the work that she is doing now in the Sister Accord and in the Sister Accord Foundation, which is really talking about how to eradicate bullying and finding interventions early on in life so that mean girls don't grow up to be mean women and so that we can love and encourage each other. And you really have had this major major impact and created this huge shift that people are talking about and people are reaching out to you about and and really just it's just amazing what God has done through this. For people who have not been able to hear the first part of our podcast, please go back and listen. I want to introduce again to you my sweet sister, Sonia Jackson-Miles, the CEO, founder, and president of the Sister Accord. Sonia, welcome. Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, sister. It's an Hi. honor to be back with you. My, oh, my, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for sharing with us your story and last week and you were so open and, and shared so much of your heart with us. And I so appreciate that and appreciate you doing that for us. Um, for people who didn't get to hear that or are jumping on just right now for the first time, give us just a little bit of background and a little bit about your story and how you came to be at this point in your life and your journey. Wow, I tell you, um, I had an amazing corporate career. I was with Ford Motor Company, the Gillette Company, and Procter & Gamble, and um, loved the world of work and corporate America and solving problems and being a solutions provider and, and, and servant leader uh, in corporate America, but God had other plans. And so mm -hmm. I had to, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I had to understand his plan. His plan is good. His plan is amazing. I was running from his plan. I, I thought I heard what he wanted me to do. So I ended up leaving my corporate role at Procter & Gamble and starting the Sister Accord Foundation, Yes, where we have three areas of focus, educating girls and women. We give scholarships. We've given $15,000 in scholarships since I left P&G in 2013. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, seven years ago. I mean, it's amazing. And then um, eradicating bullying and violence against girls and women is our third principle. Our second one is enlightening girls and women of the power of sisterhood, because there's so much power yes. in loving yes. your sister. Yes. Yes. You talk a lot about in this process, you talk a lot about doing the heart work is the hard work and really looking inward to yourself to really understand what your heart is feeling and, and why you kind of feel the way that you do about certain situations. And it, you took a lot of time doing that work with yourself, which is what right. you then teach others to do is also leading with love. That really is where we have to go. 
and in today's society, everything that we're experiencing and in our daily life at the kitchen table with our neighbors, with our community, with our friends, with our family, our church people, anyone that we come in, in contact with leading with love. And when we can do that, we really have that opportunity to make those relationships that you have been able to um, create as well. And has just been incredible through the work that you're doing. So. I mean, amazing. And I, and I shared in our last episode, you know, I write in my journals and I'll write down, Hey, it would be great to connect with this person. It would be great X, Y, Z. And then the phone would ring yeah. or, or I get an email. Right. And so I right. work swiftly in my life. He works swiftly. And so I have to um, make sure that I am not delaying because there are people who are assigned to me who are waiting for me to do what I was created to do because it is then connected yes. to their destiny as well. Right. And that's actually a very good intro for the story of how you and I came together as well working. Sonia and I, we met in corporate America, Procter & Gamble at our time there. And before you had left the company, you had written your first book through 51 uh, Ways to Love Your Sister. It's a beautiful, wonderful book. I encourage all of you to go and find those and, and get them. And um, you shared your journey and your life and, and your mantra of life, which is the sister accord and how we should come together and encourage and love each other. It's interesting because after you had left PNG, we had stayed a little bit in contact, but not really too much. I, I was following your work and following what you had been called to do because I really believe in that sisterhood and the relationships and love and encouragement. Um, I was in Vegas with my husband on a trip for work. And Sonia, you must have written in your journal, honey, because you, I know you said, hey, I need to have Andrea Holman. It'd be so great to have Andrea Holman contact me <laughs> because he literally woke me up from a perfectly good dream and literally, and literally, <laughs> literally, and woke me up and just laid you in my heart and on my mind immediately. And I said, he was like, you need to call Sonia. And like a good little Baptist girl, I said, no. <laughs> There is nothing that she needs for me. Sonia is fine. She is fine on her own. She is doing her thing. She's writing books. She's an author. There is nothing that Andrea can offer Sonia. She doesn't need me. It took him about two or three hours working on me. And finally, I picked up the phone and called you and left you a message, something to the effect of, hey, girl, it's Andrea Holman. God told me to call you. I don't know why. Evidently, you need me for something. So just give me a call when you're ready. And of course, I hung up and had no intentions of hearing from you again. And you called me back probably within 20 minutes and said, I cannot believe that you reached out and called. I have been praying and I cannot believe that, that God had you called me. We got together when I got back in Cincinnati and um, I got yeah. involved with you in, in some of the work that you were doing and helping yeah. you really yeah. working for you. And yeah. it just led to amazing things. It was wonderful. And not just the opportunity to be able to work with you and get involved in the work that you were doing, which was incredible and amazing all by itself. But unbeknownst to me, God had another plan. And what he yes, was he doing was yes, using you walking in yes. your obedience and your path and your purpose to really get me to do what he had been trying to get me to do for a very long time. And I kept right. saying no. And like you and I talked about when you're in that running, because you, you were like, no, for like four years or so you were in the no and the running, you learn a lot. And yes. some of the lessons you learn, you don't like them <laughs> so much, <laughs> but you do learn from them if you take the time to, to sit and look at it. And for me, 
um, you gave me the most wonderful gift by letting me go through your dream walking program. I went through that and then you found me in a place when I was in my fear. I was just living, mm -hmm. but I was living in fear because I was afraid to say yes. I was afraid of the what ifs and the no's and the everything else. And by right. opening up to you, and I love it in your book because you talk about embracing the light, embracing each other and yes. um, being able to open yourself up and not be afraid and, and to let those walls down. And I'm like, honey, there ain't nobody that wants to see anything that's going on behind the walls of my fear. But you were so loving and so encouraging through that process of how you brought those out and let me name them and speak them, some of which I had never told anybody. To be able to work through that process and that fear to get to that place of purpose. And without you stepping into your purpose, you know, you were called and assigned. You were assigned. We were assigned to each other and didn't even know it. And I was waiting on you to say yes, yeah. so that I could say yes. You know, he starts you in this one area to bring you and grow you and, and get yeah. you into that place where you can be what he really needs you to be for who he needs you to be with. Yeah. And I am working that out and still walking in that process and learning what it is he needs me to do. And you, you change according to what he calls you to and what's going on. But the path is always the same now. It's for me to love and encourage others and to guide them and help them to find their true purpose and just to really live in their authenticity. Yes, yes. And it is so, I cannot articulate to you all, everyone who's gone through dreamwalking, you know, we have hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. I cannot articulate what it means when I see you all mm -hmm. walking in purpose and designing your destiny. It is it is so fulfilling. I cannot articulate it, which is why I have such passion mm -hmm. for other people to not delay. Don't yeah. do what I did. Don't don't get laid out on your back before <laughs> you say yes. Yeah. Um, saying yes will literally change the trajectory of your life. That's that's that learning process and the painful process that we go through, but God does birth something new out of that be willing to recognize it and we have to be willing to open our heart to it and we have to be willing to say yes to it. Hey y'all, this is Andrea Holman. If you would like to learn more about me, my upcoming music releases, speaking events, songwriting, or podcast that's happening now, please go on over to my website at andreaholman.com or you can visit my Facebook at Official Andrea Holman. There you can get all the latest and greatest. And do the work. Mm. So the heart work that I often talk about, that's so important. And I want to make sure that I get this in the journey to, in the path to bringing your destiny to life, mm -hmm. to really tapping into the essence of your soul and, and who you really are and why you are here. Mm -hmm. um, as I say, that thing that was, planted inside of you as you were formed in your mother's womb. I mean, when you think about the, the vastness and awesomeness of that, right. um, there's a lot of work that comes with it. And I want people, and, and no matter which program, um, whether it's the power hour or dream walking or great leaders have great relationship, people often will say, gosh, this is really hard, Sonia. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. Heart work is the hard work. Yes. But if you remain diligent, if you really truly are serious mm -hmm. in 
doing this work and willing to do what you need to, the other side, I'm telling you, the trajectory of your life has changed. And the other side of all of the pain and the perseverance yeah. is a really, really amazing place to be. Yes, it is. And you really have touched so many people's lives with the work that you've done. And I know you were really being honed by God in your corporate roles because you developed a lot of leadership programs, unity work, education, everything that you did seemed to focus around this relationship path that really yes, did kind of hone everything for you. You've learned a lot through the bullying and the, you know, the trauma and things that you experienced when you were younger personally. And then also in your career path, you had some adversity as well there that you needed to overcome with bullying and right. you walked through that and you learned from it. And then God laid this wonderful mantra on your heart, the sister accord and you spoke at President Obama's first inauguration. Capitol Hill. And you shared this mantra with people. Everyone afterwards, they were so impacted and you were so shocked. Like, what is this that God's given me that, that is now causing such a stir? And it really was the essence and the foundation in you of who you were. He was just waiting for you to recognize it. Come on now. Just drop the mic right there, sister. <laughs> yes, drop it right there. We're done. <laughs> Because that is, that's what this whole thing called life is all about. Mm -hmm. It's just stirring up what is already on the inside yes. because it has been planted. Mm -hmm. How do we recognize it? See, I was walking in it, but I really, I didn't recognize it, yeah. right? Other right. people, and this is why sisterhood is so important. Yes. I told you that Mickey Taylor said to me, there was a shift in the universe when you presented the sister accord. Sister, did you feel it? Yeah. So sometimes we have to surround ourselves with amazing people who yeah. will see our brilliance when we don't even see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You understand the power of that for me to refill and refuel you? Yes. For your assignment? Right. Because I see it and I'm willing to take the time to share it with you. Oh right. When I first started talking about this, people said to me, you're on a mission to get a billion girls and women to learn how to love themselves and each other. Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, people were like, whatever, writing mm -hmm. me off, thinking yeah. I was crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you see now, and this is what, you know, Mickey was saying, she said, because you did what you were supposed to do now, the universe, people can do it. People weren't talking about sisterhood and love and, and you're talking about sisterhood and brotherhood in the workplace and all the things you're talking about. Nobody was talking about that. No. It may be in vogue now, but it wasn't in vogue when you started talking about it. That's right. Because you unleashed it, your obedience. Yes. Now all of these other people who have an assignment that's attached to it can do the same. That's exactly right. You, you were able to take something and powerful that was inside of you that you know you have purpose for and take it and put it out there in the world for others to learn from it and benefit from it and be able to grow in who they are supposed to be and live out their purpose. And I love the, the part about you want a billion girls to learn how to love each other. 
And because that's really what it's all about. When you specifically talk about your mantra for the Sister Accord and the Sister Accord Foundation and all the work that you do, you have multiple programs that you work from a corporate standpoint and mentor and mentor programs, including the schools that you are involved with now. And you have the youth version for boys and girls because the boys were jealous and they said, wait a minute, we don't want to be left out. We need something too. What is happening here? We see that this is taking place. We see that it's amazing. And my boys, the boys want something too. And you had to go back and rework the program a little bit and change some things. And with the same value, of course, and the essence of what it was for the girls too. But now it's boys and girls and we're teaching from such a young age. And it's not just in the United States, it's international. It is all over the world is amazing. And I want you to dig into the deeps of that and tell us exactly kind of what that program is about because it's specifically eradicating and fighting against bullying. That's really what it's about. Well, if we're going to, I mean, we got to get serious here. And that's why I wrote the second book, 51 Ways to Love Your Children. So much of the trauma that happens for people, for individuals, comes during when they're with their parents, right? Mm -hmm. So are we passing along dysfunction? Are we passing along things that, and trauma, Mm -hmm. legacies of dysfunction? And so I wanted to be able to start talking about this because we were doing the family engagement work at at, at Cincinnati Public Schools as well, making sure that what we were teaching at at school can can go to the home, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going to have strong communities, if we're really truly going to face the egregious, egregious issues we see in our world today, in our Mm -hmm. country today. We've got to make sure that we have strong individuals, strong families, strong communities. And so domestic violence and everything that comes with it is so horrible. The numbers are through the roof as a result of COVID. We Mm -hmm. are seeing, you know, people are more and more stressed out. And so I wanted to make sure that we were paying attention to, and this is before COVID even happened, but I wanted to make sure that we had a strategy and some plans for how are we going to address boys? Like if we know that 97 to 99% of domestic violence incidences are instigated by the men, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Now there are some women who like to fight and we have to talk to them about that too. But what is it about what's happening in our families where men and boys would think that violence is the way. Mm. How do we help them communicate? How do we give them some other tools and skills that can help them resolve conflict Mm -hmm. or have self-control or to have some boundaries that says, I will not cross this boundary. I will leave before I abuse. Right. And so we wanted to take these and and the leadership principles are all the same. We just said, you know, all for one or one for all. You know, we we can tweak the words a little bit. But at the end of the day, the core skills of really, truly learning how to love yourself, being authentic and helping people understand the emotional intelligence skill building that's required if we're going to have healthy relationships. Those are all the things that we wanted to make sure that boys are now getting as well so that when they grow up to be men, that they have some absolute no way, no how am I going to abuse? No way am I going to bully? And so all of this is really cool 
how it all strings together quite nicely mm -hmm. so that we can really truly eradicate bullying and violence against uh, girls and women. And we can be serious about being able to effectively understand what that looks like. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I think that you said something in there also about passing it through the generations. And when someone is bullied when they're younger, if that trauma and that bullying stays with them and those emotions and those feelings, and, and they don't have an avenue in which to work through some of that process, it really can stick with you. You know, we talked about before, there's some immediate things of like, okay, I know I recognize I've been traumatized, but there's also underlying things that subconsciously may be there that you really don't know and get to work through even until they're triggered later. So the work that you're doing to be able to put this system in the schools when they're young really is a preventative tool because that's what the system right. report is. This is the intervention tool. Be able to learn how do they recognize bullying? How do they deal with bullying when they see it? Do they get involved? How do they get involved? Who can they reach right. out to? Who can you that's who, right. who can you trust? And really taking that opportunity in your tea parties as well, along with the sister accord to say, we're going to bring you in and we're going to give you mentors. We're going to, we're going to show you and teach you and, and care for you and show you how we want to love on you, how this relationship's supposed to work. And how did you come up with those avenues to be able to do that and design that into the system? Well, what was important for me was to create an environment of love. So everything that we do, whether, and I even do this, even with my um, sisterhood and brotherhood and the workplace platforms and the executive coaching, it's about how do we create safe spaces? Mm -hmm. So confidentiality is of the utmost importance. We have to give people safe spaces where they can just be, where they can just breathe, where they can just live and be able to say what they need to say without fear of judgment. And then we take that same premise, we put it in all of the programs, in the schools, at, in the corporations, in the community. And, and that consistency, people know when I show up, they know what to expect now. And so exactly. I think that's why we have so much success in what mm -hmm. we've been doing, because this is really a grassroots effort. People will say, hey, have you been to a Sister Accord event? And it's because of how we make people feel. One of the things I would love to ask you is for the parents who are listening, can you tell them, because you and I have talked about this too, if there's one thing that you would ask them to do or tell them that they could do to help eradicate the bullying, what is that piece of advice to them if they find themselves in a situation with their kids being bullied, or maybe they realize they're bullying people, their own kids in their own home? What would you say to them? It's communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You have to ask the right questions so that you get the right answers. And you have to dig. You can't just say, and this is why I say when we, when we see each other in the hallway, we're at work how are you doing? And most people don't even stay there to even hear the answer, right? So, you know, we have to care. And mm -hmm. so what we have to do oftentimes is ask multiple questions. How are you really doing? Yeah. I know you just said fine, but how are you really doing? Right. And when we do that and we begin to peel back all these la layers with our children and we give them a safe space where we're not judging, they will open up. I've seen it with my own children. I've seen it with other people's children, but we have to communicate and ask the right questions so that we get the right answers. I really firmly believe that the work you're doing is so valuable and I think it's so critical. 
women and young girls coming up, I think are really the key for helping us really unlock some of this work that needs to be done. I think a lot of it can happen at the kitchen table with just learning how to communicate and giving them that freedom to be able to feel safe and talk to you about anything. I want my daughters and my sons to see my one daughter, not daughters, (laughs) my daughter and my sons to see that, you know, my relationships reach a lot of different people. That's right. And my relationships of who I love and care about reach a lot of different people. You set that tone for your kids. When they see that love in you, that's where you teach them the most is through your actions and your words. Yeah. Maya Angelou says this, and I I can close with this. People will always remember how you made them feel. You know, they may not remember what you said and what you did, but how you made them feel. I mean, you cannot... People just, they just don't forget it. And that's good or bad, which is why we must make sure that kindness, love, peace, and joy pursues us in every aspect of our lives, that we are giving it so that we can then receive it. Right, right. And that is so very true. It's the leading with love and really trying to hone in on that. And I remember telling you one time after attending one of the tea parties, actually, that people had asked me, you know, why are you, why are you going and spending so much time with this group? And why are you so involved with the work that Sonia's doing? And, and what, what is in it for you? And I said, I go where the love is. Right. And that's really what it's about. It's as simple as that sister. You know, we don't have to make this thing complex. It's as simple as that. We go where the love is. That's right. That's right. We do not beg people to see our brilliance. Mm -hmm. We go where the love is. We go where the love is. I thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. Sonia Jackson-Miles, she is the CEO, founder, and president of the Sister Accord. Sonia, we love you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) you. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Andrea Holman. You're listening to Wake Up, Take a Minute podcast. I wanted to share with you my mission today. My mission is to help others be authentic and grow, to find their Wake Up, Take a Minute moment and step out into their purpose. Remember, be you. I'm taken. This episode is sponsored by In His Hands Promotions and Ministries, helping others share their gifts and God's message of love. You can contact them at info.inhishands at gmail.com.